Manor. Hello, welcome to Tip Manor Podcast. We're back again. Uh, who is on the pod this week? We've got Ben, you're back. How are you, how are you doing? Yeah, I'm good. It's been a while. I think about five weeks. Been here, there and everywhere, but it's business as usual. Still unbeaten, still winning games. Everything's brilliant. Absolutely. Have you have, have you made the most out of this Black Friday period and, and had some retail therapy? Some retail therapy. Sim only deal on my phone. It's going to save me millions of pounds a month, I think, and I'll get more data. Don't understand how that works. Fantastic. And brand new laptop. So hopefully this should be better and my excuses of lag will go. Yeah, we have appended much of the lag blame on the laptop, so we'll have to see. But I'm, yeah. I'm very excited. Uh, Connor, how's it going? Good, thank you, mate. I am back from my trip to the motherland. I've been in Sheffield for the last few days, and I'm now yeah. back in uh, sunny Belfast. Nice. Weren't you talking at some football-related conference or something? I was, yeah. Uh presented some some of my research at a conference this week yeah so it was held at Bramall Lane which was it's a proper football stadium that is like old school well obviously it's old school but it's such a lovely stadium so we uh, we were based there for two days that was good Um, but as I say back here now uh, two weeks then I'm back for Christmas and I've got seven games over the Christmas period that I am very much looking forward to going to excellent Good stuff. And uh, John, you're back again, obviously. What do you have for dinner? Uh, I had falafel. Very, Ooh. very continental. <laughs> very, very nice. I know, I was, I, ple- I was pleased with that one because I never get the question and I thought if I do, I'm going to have an absolute <laughs> cracker lined up. Have you been just going for it every Sunday night over the last few weeks just waiting for the question? Yeah, I just, well, I thought this would be... I just say falafel every week. I mean, yeah, <laughs> you can't prove it. That's right. Uh, I had fajitas tonight. Just it, it made me think of Andy. Shout out to Andy. Shout out to Andy. I'm sure that's what he wants to be known for. Fajitas, <laughs> <laughs> uh, man. Right. Let's get on to the news. We're still here, by the way, uh, on the back of last week's uh, fraudulent activity. So we're going we're gonna to keep some of that in the pod, it seems. Anyway, let's move on. Are we just gonna laugh every time that comes up? I felt like I didn't. I didn't want to. I didn't want to introduce you because I thought it, it feels more professional if you just start reeling. Yeah, off. I, I think future will just launch into it and do it formal and then descend yeah. descend into the usual uh, chaos. You should put some bits of paper on your desk or wherever you record, John, just so you can like tap them on the desk to get that real newsreader's kind of sound clip before yeah, you start no, as well. I, I should wear a shirt and a tie and then shorts under the table so that you absolutely so I look really professional. But anyway, to the Tut Manor news, as we say, one place to start. That's the bombshell that KR dropped after the game on Saturday that Columbus crew have rejected the very large bid for Cadden, which... By all accounts, the board were very committed to KR was saying record transfer for him signing a right back home for League One, which I think is I mean it was it was said, I think it was Nathan was interviewing him, and it just felt like everyone, Nathan, everyone listening just had to pause whilst we learned that that was just 
that's that apparently according to KR. So do we think it is that's that? Did he mean did he mean his break KR's record transfer for a right back, or did he mean it would break his record transfer altogether? I think it was his record for a right back he was talking oh. about. He must have splashed for a striker or, or something like that. But it did sound very definitive as if this wasn't the start of any kind of negotiations. But I was trying to think what actually the bid might have been because we paid like three figures and I've seen some silly rumours about Elliot Moore, like 600, 700k. But it seems quite definitive for us to, for him to close it down so early on. But I don't know what others mm. think. I just, I was a bit, I mean, to be fair, it's the same with the rest of you, I'm sure. I was pretty gutted when I heard that. Um, but I was speaking to uh, someone over the over the last couple of days and uh, they, they've got some, funny enough, they've got some links to Columbus crew. Um, so they come over from the US and they were talking about how this uh, Cadden deal was a little bit on the dodgy side in the first place um, from Motherwell uh, that they, they managed to negotiate themselves around uh, certain um, contractual issues, apparently. So I'm not sure if that's played any part in the reason it was rejected or I'm not sure. Um, it's, it's all rumours, I guess, from, from that end. But I'm not really surprised that it was rejected considering Columbus Crew have only just actually acquired his his services i guess uh on a permanent basis i think you know regardless of his contract he signed there it would have had to been a pretty hefty deal to get over the line anyway yeah i saw some columbus crew uh kind of fan or twitter it was kind of well obviously it was a twitter account but it was some kind of fans group account similar to like yellows forum type thing um they were dropping the sass on they were looking at comments from oxford fans saying he was making a bit of a mistake um I think we talked about it on the pod last week about what is, if, if it was up to Cadden, what is the best move for his actual career is another interesting one. But um, yeah, it's a shame. They did they did kind of leave the door open or KR at least said there's still time for them to change their mind. So it's not like we will take the offer off the table now they've rejected it. So, you know, there's still potentially some light at the end of the tunnel. Who knows? I mean, if you think about it, that they've signed a player ready for their season, which starts end of February. If they sell him, all right, it might be a good financial deal to sell him. But then they've got to replace a player in quick succession. So in some ways, it, it's a, if it is a genuine, yeah, we'll loan him so he can play and then come and play for us, it probably is um, a done deal. You, we just seem quite comfortable, Oxford, that, you know, United do, that this isn't a massive issue. And you think we've got four or five weeks to line someone else up. So, yeah, we'll have to see where we go. Um, other transfer window news. So, KR did the fans forum this week. And he mentioned about sort of Dickie, Brannigan, Fosu. And seemed to say a comment, which I thought was sort of fair enough, that they haven't done an enormous, a huge amount to necessarily be snapped away. Perhaps Brannigan less out of the, out of the three of them. But he didn't seem overly concerned. And then he repeated this point around... Still living for someone with absolute pace, and you, you refer to a, a Gavin White, a Brown figure, which again, Fosu seems to be getting knackered most games, and that that sort of makes sense to me. Um, squad wise, it was confirmed that Baptiste will miss the next two games. Um, Brannigan should come back or should be able to come back for Shrewsbury next Saturday, but they expect that to be in Milton Keynes. And Ben Woodburn, who I'd almost forgotten about, uh, KR mentioned that he's meeting with Liverpool on Monday about his reintegration into our team. 
So maybe they can get a, a cheeky, promising right back on loan as well as part of that of that meeting. So all in all, we'll have a couple of midfielders. And Jamie Hansen must be getting back into the swing of it as well. So yeah. in theory, the squad's coming back to pretty good fitness at you know a key time. January, February, March are a bit of a slog. So in theory, we're reasonably well covered. Um, so I think that's that's it really for the news. A nice stat to get to this week in the battle between us and Man City for who's the highest scoring team in the country. <laughs> um, but we are now the the most the team with the most league wins by three plus goals, according to a stat. I think during the week that put us above Man City and Peterborough with with six games. So uh, we're in the lead in in most things until we play them in a couple of weeks' time, where they put <laughs> six past us. But anyway, um, there we are. So yeah, I think that's the news. Unless I've missed anything. Good stuff. Ah, I've gone back to traditional interlude now. The other one was a bit intense listening back. So there you go. Uh, Warsaw away in the FA Cup. So we had a huge travelling contingent of Oxford fans kind of make the trip, including the one and only James Constable, who... Whilst he was Warsaw's guest of honour for the day, he decided to go in the away terrace to to cheer against them, which I thought was great. Uh, Connor, your your dad met him outside the stadium, didn't he? He did, yeah. Uh, nice little photo yesterday when I was uh, sat in the in the airport at Manchester. I came through and Dad's got his arm around Bino. Oh, that was a put a big smile on my face. That did so. Uh, not just one UFC legend went to the game. My dad was another one. So you know. <laughs> so I think Warsaw must have been a bit like. Oh, come to the game, guest of honour. Oh, where's he gone? Oh, he's just pissed off into the away fans and seems to be more aligned <laughs> to them. I was just I like, it just seems quite cheeky. I mean, I'm all, all for it, and that's where he should have been and win the fans, win our fans. But still, it made me laugh. I wonder how many games he played for Warsaw. I don't remember because we got him from Shrewsbury, didn't we? Yeah, we did. So, yeah. must have been before that, I guess. I did um, hear that the uh, the Oxford fans were singing the James Constable. Oxford's yeah. number nine chant as well, which was class. It, it's particularly funny when there's a video on Twitter as well where Bino's like right in the <laughs> yes, middle of it. Everyone, they're all, yeah. all the fans are like turned facing him, like a meter <laughs> away, just staring it into his eyes. Just kind of, James can't stop. And you can see him looking happy, but a bit awkward, which is great. <laughs> must be uncomfortable though, right? Like it must be such a strange feeling to have that, but. He he anyway. only played seventeen games for Warsaw, and yeah. six six on loan. I mean, and only one goal in that period. I don't know quite what guest guest of honour stays. Maybe they're running a bit short. I was going to say. I think that probably says a lot about uh, Warsaw and not Bino. <laughs> well, maybe next week against Shrewsbury. Oh, if we're playing Shrewsbury away, maybe you could have been their guest of honour and then come back in the away stand again. But anyway. Um, in terms of team news, so we were unchanged from um, last week at Southend with Mackie replacing Baptiste, who's obviously injured on the bench. Um, considering we got kind of a free hit of the game away at Exeter kind of midweek, was it much of a surprise to see arguably, I can't argue, arguably, God, our strongest lineup for the game? Ben, what do you reckon? Uh, I think it makes sense. Like you said, it's, you know, they'll probably make quite a few changes midweek. I suspect a lot of the subs. Or play on Wednesday, you know. I was thinking Hall, Long, Mackie, or maybe even Dan Aji, those sort of players. Even Jones, I think, will get some game time. 
and KR does always say he he wants to do well in this competition. So I wasn't massively surprised to see a, a really strong lineup. Yeah, I did think um, more Elliot Moore um, would have had a a start, but yeah, I'm I'm guessing he'll start midweek. But I think he he's done enough and has proved enough to kind of warrant a place in the FA Cup to give maybe Moose a rest. But yeah, I understand if there's not a, another league fixture for another week that he wants to keep some momentum with that starting eleven. Um, anyone else think anyone on the bench deserved more of a shot? Do you think Robbie Hall could have given his performance in the last round or maybe Dan Adji coming off the bench at South End and doing what he did? Connor, what do you reckon? Uh, nah, to be honest with you, I was I saw the lineup and I was happy with it. I, I didn't didn't really think too much about any, any player really deserving of a chance. Um, I think I just agree with what Ben said. You know, go yeah. go forward on Wednesday. I think there'll be there's some chances, and I would like to see Adji get a start, and I think I'd like to see uh, Jones as well. For sure, I wonder if he'll be captain again. Uh, anyway, we talked a bit about the last fixture away at Warsaw last season in the last pod, but there was some interesting contrast being made um, between the lineup and the performance of the side we've got now versus the team that won at Warsaw three one back in April. April's not really that long ago in the scheme of things, is it? Especially if you kind of consider the kind of break between the seasons. But how many players do you reckon started yesterday who started back in April? And if you've looked at the notes, then uh, stop cheating. <laughs> I'm looking right at them. So I'm not gonna say it. <laughs> well, for anyone listening that's interested, it's four. And it was Eastwood, Dickey, Ruffles, and. Henry, I think Henry. it was. Yeah, it was Henry. Yeah. Um, I thought that was quite interesting, though, considering that 3-1 game, um, obviously we played pretty well, given that we went down to 10 men and then eventually to nine with Kashi running across the pitch, flailing his shirt around. But, John, <laughs> John, you were at that game. So what what would you say are the biggest differences between the team we have now versus that side? And ap- apologies if it's a bit of repetition from last week, but what do you say? I think looking back to that game... It was, and the difference between then and now is now we just seem to have much more of a, a game plan and, and a cohesion and, and a way to work the ball up the pitch. At that game, for the first 10, 15 minutes, it was the same issue with Mackie being up top by himself and a bit isolated. It was only really Garbert who was starting to get into playing in a more advanced position that got near him. But Warsaw were really awful that day. But all we were doing was that thing we did a lot last season where we sort of passed it around the back of the defence. Cashy and Brannigan sort of were quite neat and yeah. tidy, but they didn't. No one ever seemed to be able to sort of break through the lines of it. Inevitably, it ended up with Dickey, who would ping it towards Mackey, and it kind of broke down. But then we scored out of nothing, and they absolutely crumbled. And we just seemed to go, oh, actually, we can take some risks, which Brannigan and Henry did. And even despite losing Brown, we never looked that... that I mean, they really were sort of devoid of confidence. Um, yeah. But I think now we've got sort of Fossey, we've got Taylor, who's a striker. We can play around a midfield and the defence seem to trust each other. So I think it's just an, an all-round cohesion. But I mean, like I said it about two, two of these times, Walsall were dreadful that day and we weren't much better until we scored. Yeah. It's interesting the way you talk about us kind of playing it around at the back and Dicky being that kind of pinging the ball forwards. Because the last time we lost was, what, three, four months ago away at Fleetwood and that was our main discussion during the game when we were there and then in the pod as well but yeah it hasn't been a I was thinking exactly the same point it it was you and I stood there and all it ever was was Dickie getting it carrying it a bit and then pinging it out and it was that was where we were against Walsall really 
Yeah. Anyway, on to the match itself. So the first proper chance for us was um, Fosu cutting in from the left and bringing a good save from Liam Roberts, who ended up having an absolute stormer. Um, so he went down to his left to kind of parry it out for a corner. Um, again, pretty dominant half from us. Kept a lot of possession. Absolutely looked like we were a league above them, as we are. Um, just before half time, Matty Taylor kind of turned in James Henry's kind of pinpoint cross uh, with Henry kind of getting the ball fed to him from Cadden, which was a constant thing throughout the game. But it was ruled off for offside, which KR kind of lamented after the game. And um, the guys on Radio Oxford were kind of umming and ahhing and going, hmm. And I posted a screenshot, guys, in the notes and I, I sent it to people yesterday. It does it, it can't be offside that. And also, it's one of them where the lino surely can see if he's looking across his line there's no way you can get that wrong but he did anyone have any comments on that or am i on my own <laughs> ben? Uh, oh sorry go on ben oh, I was just saying, no i agree initially when i looked i think it's their number four is sort of between the, the keeper and the cross um on the edge of the six yard box and it looks like he's playing him offside but there's a defender yeah. closing the cross down that must be playing him onside based on where his body That's position it. is yeah was well, the yeah. guy that henry beats and Henry turns back on himself and then crosses. So that number eight must be ahead of... It must be level with Taylor, at least. Must be, he's, number eight. Well, his, back, his trailing leg's nearly on the, yeah. the touchline, <laughs> like the byline. Yeah. So anyway, I was very I upset. Think, so I go on, the, Connor. I think the only thing that I will say, just to close off this little section about this offside, is I'd rather <laughs> it be given as offside by the lino than have VAR. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> Yeah, I definitely agree with that. <laughs> That's one for another pod, as we it like is. to say. <laughs> uh, anyway, I was very upset because the Linos basically put a rest to the very sweet and cute Henry and Taylor partnership that's been flowing in recent weeks and it's been a feature of our game. So screw you, Lino. I bet Taylor and Henry are very upset with you. Anyway, um, one minute into the second half, Henry, who basically had another solid performance kind of acting as playmaker throughout the game, received the ball from Taylor right-hand side, swung in a beautiful kind of floated, lofted cross to the back post. And Ruffles, who in his kind of 200th, it wasn't his 200th game, was it? It was his 200th start. Yeah, it starts. I think. Yeah. Um, So he came flying in like Superman, pacing onto it, drew an absolutely incredible kind of reaction save from Roberts, um, who ended up getting man of the match. But I, I don't know. John, have you seen this? How how did he save that? Well, I think Ruffles said it himself. If it's either side, he can't do. I mean, Ruffles was like Ronaldo-esque in the way he was like hanging in the air. Yeah. And it was yeah. Just the fact he just flattered it right at him. And otherwise, there's no chance. Such good football, though, leading up to that. I mean, you watch, I know we're playing a, a team, lesser opposition, you could say, but it was it was beautiful to watch. Um. Henry was involved again a few minutes later playing a beautiful kind of dinked through ball to Cadden where he kind of really controlled the pace on the ball to make sure it didn't go out of play and Cadden can run onto it. Um, Cadden then just kind of drilled the ball across the goal um, just a bit too hard. It was kind of a cross-come shot type thing and it was heading towards Taylor but he couldn't quite get to it. He's just a lovely man, isn't he, Mr. Henry? And um, Connor, have you seen this in the highlights? It's the kind of beautiful weight on the pass through to Cadden. Yeah, it was lovely. It had a little bit like backspin on it, didn't it? Just to kind of yeah. slow it down while it was in while it was in motion uh, before Cadden ran onto it. Um, and yeah, I agree with you that he is lovely. I mean, we, we've said it in previous pods. And uh, one of my one of my mates over here that I work with, he's he's uh, from Northern Ireland, so 
he's kind of adopted Oxford as one of his second teams now. And uh, he really likes James Henry and he calls him Hammers Henri because oh, yeah. of just how beautiful he is and how good he is because he watches loads of the highlights now because I show him at work and whatever and he's just obsessed with Henry. <laughs> so I'm trying to convert the uh, people over in Northern Ireland to Oxford. So, so far, so good. Hammers Henri. Play next, like to, next to Gorin as well. Spanish midfield has come into yeah. Uh, yeah. influence. <laughs> yeah. Um, so Warsaw's defence was just extremely stubborn throughout the first half and well into the second as well. Really hard to break down. And the guys on Radio Oxford seemed fairly resigned to the game, finishing up nil-nil. Although it still felt as though only kind of one team was going to win it, whether it was over 90 minutes or 180. Um but then Warsaw basically had their best chance of the whole game. And I don't know if you guys have caught this on the highlights, but a ball kind of was swung across the face of goal from the right-hand side. Cadden wasn't quite able to intercept it um, in the middle of the area and it ended up falling to their number 10, who just needs to pretty much get the header on target at the back post. And it's probably a goal, but he misses it. Um, everyone behind the goal can't believe it, all the Warsaw fans, and we all breathe a sigh of relief. Ben, did you see this one in the highlights? Yeah, it looked like it was one of those where you've got to you've got to head it back across goal. If he does that, he scores. Um, but yeah, a little bit of a let-off. I think that would have been very harsh. Yeah, extremely, extremely harsh. I was, I kind of think maybe Cadden kind of just swinging his boot at it maybe put the guy off as well. So fair play to Cadden for getting back. Um, and then 84 minutes... Games kind of seeping out. James Clark, who used to play for us, was um, having a, a solid, solid game. Um, it's from Aylesbury, James Clark. I didn't realise that. And he, after he left us, he went to Oxford City. But anyway, uh, 84 minutes, goal. So time obviously running out. Matty Taylor did really well again on the right-hand side, eventually passing it um, midfield to Cadden, who played a very, very clever and intentional kind of through ball kind of slash shot cross. Sorry. Uh, towards Henry, who I noticed I just watched the goal cam because Oxford had just put it on Twitter about half an hour ago, and you can see how deep, like yeah. Henry Henry's run starts. Um, he he really he runs through a bunch of players, and just he has that belief that he's going to be found. And obviously, that pass from Cadden is just really really intelligent. Finds him, and then a really nice kind of slot home in the near post finish from from James Henry. Connor, great goal, great limbs on display as Henry kind of rungs alongside the stand in celebration. It was a great, great move and a great run from Henry. Like you said, uh, watching the goal cam, it's just it's just the the anticipation to know where that ball's going to end up to get on the end of it. And such a neat finish as well because he just kind of just glided it, didn't he, with like the inside yeah. of his foot, stroked it in. Keeper's not had a chance, didn't even move for it, really. And, you know, Bedlam in the away end, which obviously it would be because, you know, at, at this point it seemed as though the fans are probably getting a bit like, you know, is this going to happen for us? Um, and it did, obviously, 84th minute, and, and we had to hold on for the rest of the game, and thankfully we did. But I spoke to my dad after the game, and he said how well we played, and I think it reflects what Carl Robinson said at the end, which I know we'll go on to in a minute. But I say my dad was extremely impressed and he was just literally waiting for that one opportunity to go in the back of the net and he, and he knew that wrapping it up at 1-0 would be plenty because it was, you know, it was a great performance from, from pretty much every player on the pitch. It could have been far more than one. Yeah, for sure. And uh, he definitely uses kind of the pace on the initial ball in to just guide it home. If it was me, I'd have spaffed it over the stand, <laughs> I think. I'd just try to use the pace to, to, to just smash it into the net, but it would have gone wrong, but... 
John, you also enjoyed the goal? Yeah, well, I think James really just knows what he's doing. <laughs> kind of a, it's the it's the partnership with Cadden that he'll know where that ball's going to go, and he's it's not even it's not even that much of a gamble, but he just looks so relaxed and like no one can take the ball off him at the moment. Um, so no, yeah, brilliant goal. Yeah, I, I only listened um, to the game, but then obviously read different kind of perspectives and different write-ups from both an Oxford and a Warsaw perspective. But Cadden, um, Henry's and Taylor's names just came up came up constantly, both in the highlights and in the write-ups as well. There was a lot of um, good shout-outs about Gorin's performance um, and Moose as well. But those three, if you on the highlights, are just everywhere. And there seems to be a really good kind of partnership kind of right through the... Um, the, the thirds I guess between those guys which is really good um, in summary though definitely a deserved win it would have been pretty frustrating if we'd had to take that back for a replay and it, it's brilliant that the you know nearly 1400 fans that we took there which is you know above 20% of our average kind of home attendance um, you know it's great that they had something to to get back down to Oxford with but yeah, 71% possession we had, 19 shots. I think they had five. We dominated, obviously, large portions of the game. Um, in much of the kind of reviews when we were retrospectively looking back at the game, we kind of lacked a bit of cutting edge that we've seen in recent weeks. But again, hats off to Warsaw, who defended in a really, really stubborn but resolute fashion kind of throughout the game. Um, as I mentioned, James Clark had a had a belter for them. Um Cadden, obviously, hot topic at the moment. Standout performance from him. Made the right-hand side of the pitch his own. Seemed to just find space and hug the touchline. Seemed to work. I know we've talked about it already, but if he is gone in January, um, Ben, what do you reckon? Do you think we need to ensure we get hold of another right-back who can offer that attacking threat that he he brings to the team? Or can, do you think Sam Long will be able to offer that? It's a tough one. We've definitely got to get someone either to replace Cadden or as backup for Long. Um, I, think, I think Long just lacks that that attacking pace down the wing that Cadden does and, and Cadden I think is crossing certainly extremely high caliber. Uh I think we'll, we'll probably look to see if we can replace Cadden but I think realistically we'll probably end up just getting a, a backup replacement. Yeah. Connor, what do you reckon? Um I know again I kind of jumping ahead on on probably some of the things in the notes but I know KR said he was going up to go to uh, Scotland wasn't he? After the game to go watch yeah. watch some football, so I wonder if uh, he's looking at a right back up there. Um, you know, we, we can always speculate, can't we? But again, I agree with what Ben's saying in terms of Long probably doesn't lack the same attacking qualities as Cadden. Um, however, I do disagree with what Ben just said. I think that uh, we will sign someone who's going to probably come into the first team. I think. Yeah. I mean, I mean, John, it's down to you now. Which way are you going to tip it? What's going to happen? I think we've got to bring someone in who's probably a bit more attacking mind. I mean, KR's talked after the game about a big part of his system and way of everyone chipping in is that it's almost one fullback can cross to the other one for that one to score. So if, if that's part of the system, then he's going to have to replace light for light. And yeah. That's not to do Sam Long down at all. I think he can do a job. But from sheer covering players I mean we don't have left back cover and we don't have right back cover it's quite a massive squad depth gap if anything yeah I wouldn't be surprised uh throw my two pence in the ring if we loan a very promising um kind of pacey attack attack minded right back who's had some football league experience from 
a Premier League side, and I have no idea if one of them exists or is available, but that's the type of thing. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised if we did that, be it that it's January, with a view to signing a more permanent um, right back when we're in the Championship uh, next year. Um, God, there was no laughter or anything there, because everyone's <laughs> everyone just thinks it's just a thing. It's because it's yeah, just... Yeah, yeah, yeah. You just you just predict you are predicting the future and fair play. <laughs> You've looked into just, crystal ball. I like it. Not, I like that there wasn't even a smutter of laughter because you all believe it, which is fantastic. Anyway, um, I went back to <laughs> predictions. Our predictions for the for this game, Connor. You said it was going to be four nil. <laughs> you could you could argue that the the performance warranted that, but it wasn't reality. Exactly. I said I said two nil. Jack, uh, you know his his trivia knowledge clearly extends say. to annoying. You know, correct predictions. Shock! It was him that got it right. (laughs) It was him. He just gets everything right, doesn't he? Bloke's a genius. It's disgraceful. And uh, John, (laughs) you said you said two nil and said it would be a bit horrible, but we'll get it done. So I think you you deserve a shout out for that as well. Half half a point. I mean, Jack won't hear any of the stuff we said about him, so it doesn't matter. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, And he also won't hear what we said about him before the podcast either. Yeah. (laughs) Um. (laughs) 16 unbeaten guys which is a new club record as a football league team I think they said when we were in the conference that first year down there we we went on a a, a good run um but as a football league team this is this is trend setting for us and KR was talking about it afterwards and saying how you know he wants the players to he pictured them coming back as a team in 15 20 years time and referencing that they were that team that went on this run and that's a really cool thing to to have in the locker, I guess. Yeah, I mean, I being over in, in Sheffield and whatever the last couple of days, I've I've been speaking to a lot of a lot of new people that I've, I've never spoke to before, and obviously conversations evolve around football quite often, and a lot of people that I spoke to knew that Oxford have been on this mazy mazy run when I mentioned that I was an Oxford fan. So it seems like a lot of people are sort of beginning to turn their heads a little bit towards us actually, which is quite nice. Yeah, for sure. Um, KR in his yellow player interview was clearly spluttery and ill. Uh, he'd lost his voice, but um, he basically said that we were excellent, really solid performance, could have scored three, four, five, six, looked class act. Um, he went on about the team's identity, and I absolutely agree with that these days. It's really nice to have you, you look at teams. In the, you know, I was listening to the radio about with Everton fans calling in saying how they have had no identity for about five years. And it's, it's the main thing that's kind of really riling their fan base. And I love how, how we're playing now and we kind of know what to expect. I mean, I recall, I recall asking this question on the pods maybe 10, 12 pods ago. And I think we all mm. felt that we didn't have much of an identity. And it's great that we can all probably feel comfortable to say we now, now do. It just shows how things can quickly can turn around, I suppose. Yeah. It sure. just remind, reminds me of just um, you know our promotion season with with uh, Appleton. You know that was when that was when I think the last time we had a, a solid playing identity anyway on the pitch. Yeah, for sure. I was going to quiz everyone about what that identity was, but I think it's a mean question. So maybe we'll talk about that a bit more later. Uh, anyway, KR reference obviously the travelling sports saying probably the best in the competition this weekend. Um, obviously talked about the club record and emphasised how records are definitely important. Great to still be in four competitions. Interesting that we are the leading goal scorers in the country, but no individual um, is in the top 10. When he said top 10, I think this was a question posed from um, obviously Chris Williams or whatever. 
but I didn't know if they meant top 10 in just all leagues and all goal stats. But um, regardless of that, you know, the, the goals have been sp- spread out mainly around uh, Brannigan, Taylor and um, James Henry, but that's still really good for us that we're not kind of dependent. Maybe Peterborough. I was going to say Peterborough is an example. That's a really bad example, isn't it, with Issa and Tony and Madison and whatever. But anyway, uh, Connor, you mentioned that KR said he was going to a game in Scotland tomorrow. Um, even though he was ill, he said he's working hard for the club, um, doesn't care that he's ill, he's going to go and watch a game. So I, d- I don't know what games were on in Scotland. Uh, was it a full kind of league fixture list this weekend? Anyone know? Uh, to be honest, I, I didn't check it. I probably should have looked actually, having having yeah. Maybe there was one heard that. Maybe there was one game, and we can you just look at their right backs. You know what? I can very very quickly look. So keep talking, and I'll come back to you. Yeah, you have a look. Uh, again, okay. I thank the fans. Talked about Bino being in there with the Oxford fans as well, which he thought was great. But yeah, uh, there there were four games. Four games okay. played. So yeah, who was the best team that played? Uh, probably Motherwell or Aberdeen. Oh, we do like a Motherwell player. We do like a Motherwell player, and who, they won. Who's four their right back? Who's they their won right four back? nil. Their right back is uh, Grimshaw. His name is. He's my favourite player. <laughs> His name is Liam 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 Grimshaw, and he's English. So. Oh. But you, are you calling? Are you calling it now, Wait, James? You're I'm calling I'm, Grimshaw. Yeah, calling it. Liam, Liam Grimshaw is Oxford United's next sign, and you've heard it here first. Liam Grimshaw, 24 years old, born in Burnley, uh, weight 82 kilograms. That's going to that's going to tip it, isn't it? Surely we're going. Can we can we edit this section out? <laughs> <laughs> the Tut Manor guys. It's the, ter- this- it's the ter- manner guide to Oxygen United transfers. Oh, yeah. um, anyway, James Henry had another interview. Uh, he talked about how important the kind of depth of the squad is um, for us to kind of get through the Christmas period we've got coming up. I don't remember how many games we've got in how many days, but it it looked, as a fan, I'm always very excited to see that. But I think as players, and it's a really difficult kind of phase to get through and to come out of kind of unscarred. Um he reeled off the players on eight goals and he, he mentioned how Taylor and Brannigan were on eight and then was sure to point out that he was on 10, which I really liked with a cheeky smile. <laughs> um, so fair play to him. Um, I also looked at the kind of Warsaw reaction as well, looked at Daryl Clark's um, kind of interview and the write-up in the local press, but all of it was consistent in saying we were good value for the FA Cup win. Um Daryl Clark himself basically said that we were, well, Oxford were the better team. Uh, we'll be a top, a top six League One club and uh, we moved the ball very well, thinking um, they were thinking of trying to find a different way to skin a cat before going in. I think they knew, obviously, the form we were in. They were trying to kind of mix up their style to prevent us from from getting the win, which they nearly did. If you know, if that, that chance they had went in, they could have, they could have actually stolen the game. Um, <coughs> He basically said their players weren't at the level that we were. Um, but he obviously praised the effort, endeavour and desire that their players were kind of p- putting in. So fair enough. I also saw a comment from Graham, who was a Warsaw fan. It was like their equivalent of the Oxford Mail in the comment section. I do have a life, by the way. Um, I don't know why I ended up that, down here. But he was saying, Graham, 
uh, said that we were second best everywhere today and the best team won at a canter. Oxford played the ball out of defence, untroubled all afternoon, used their wide players effectively and strolled past our defence with ease. It certainly revealed the gulf between good League One sides and poor League Two sides. So I thought Graham's comment was nice, hence why I pulled it in. Um, the draw is on Monday evening, chaps. Uh, ben, who do you want? What do you want? I want a decent team, one of the big six or seven away from home and not Man City at home again. We've had what, seven draws <laughs> in cup competitions and they've all been pretty poor. So we could do with a, a really big away tie, get some money in, money in the coffers and a, a good away trip for the fans. Yeah. John? Yeah, I want the Aston Villa or Everton away that I, I was hoping and thought we might get in the League Cup draw. I want one of those really. Um, but equally, I don't mind if we get a team we can beat and just keep on playing. I think this more games the better, really. Yeah, and Connor to finish it off. Liverpool away. Yeah, you want to get I back want to, in that I want, water. Yeah, it's not so well. No, I'll be back uh, when it's played. I think I'll be back in Oxford anyway. Um, it's not that at all. It's you know, let's be honest. The two best clubs in the country at the moment are Liverpool and Oxford. Let's put them head to head and see who really are the better <laughs> team. We would absolutely steamroll the bloody European champions six time over, whatever. I tell you, James Hamez Henri would would uh, wipe the floor with uh, Virgil van Dijk, I reckon. I'm calling it. Okay. On some that big, note. Some, been some big calls on this. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. On, that, on that note, quickly. Yeah. Right, League One summary, Ben. Yeah, fairly easy one. There were no games this weekend. So instead, because <laughs> the cup end section, very quick, very simple. Uh, just look at the the three for midweek uh, on Tuesday night. There's a couple of uh, big games there. The, the main one, I guess, is, uh, second placed Ipswich drawing nil nil at home to uh, the leaders Wickham Wanderers, and they're doing a great job. I think there's something something weird going on there. They've been pretty good this season, uh, and they almost took mm. all three points, uh, but they had an 87th minute penalty saved. Uh, Ipswich also had a goal disallowed in the first half for offside, and it seemed it was a fairly even game, one you'd expect with the top two sides in the league. Elsewhere, Pompey beat Rotherham 3-2 at Fratton Park. That was a real ding-dong battle. Uh, Pompey took the lead. Rotherham kept uh, pinning them back. They finally uh, got a Ben Close 66-minute goal, which uh, meant they hold on for the win. Uh, seven games unbeaten at that time. It's now eight after beating Altrincham in the FA Cup. Yeah, it's not I'll... bad. It's interesting that because Kenny Jacket, when we ended up, you know, when Taylor scored that last-minute winner... You know, they, he was getting pelters left, right, and centre, and you know their form since then has just been, you know, win, 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 whatever. Like suddenly they're they're really climbing the table and they're not far behind. No, us. I'll touch on it later, but this league is very close, and you just need a, a few games, a bit of a run of form, and you can climb that table quite quickly. Um, or you can free fall, which is pretty much what Sunderland are doing. Um, they lost two one home <laughs> to Burton. Um, just another game, their forms all over the place this oh. season. Uh, Phil Parkinson's only won two of his first 11 matches, uh, which I don't think is going down very well on Weir's side, as you probably expect. No, I, spoke to a, I spoke to a Sunderland fan a couple of days ago, and yeah, he's calling for his head already. Yeah, I'm not sure. He's not the most... He's obviously a bit of a journeyman. Like He's got a lot of experience, but... I, I don't know. I, I, he's not that dynamic, kind of passionate, excitable figure that you, they would probably be wanting. But having said that, when they came to our place in the um, League Cup game, they absolutely bossed us, especially in that second half. And I, I was thinking he was getting them playing some really good football. But 
Oh well, yeah, indeed. <laughs> Just uh, <laughs> exactly touching on the table, uh, Wickham with the draw against Ipswich stay top by five points, but Ipswich do have two games in hand. We still sixth, but we have a game in hand over the three above us. Um, Pompey are tenth, Sunderland are eleventh, but they're all less than a win away from the playoffs. So even though Sunderland's form is all over the place, they're still pretty much in touching distance of a playoff place at least. So we've got to keep sure we uh, keep winning. Absolutely. Right, nice one. So we've got uh, Shrewsbury next Saturday, but uh, we are playing next to midweek away in the auto windscreen surprise jackpot. Mickey Mouse. Mickey trophy uh <laughs> just just we've we've already kind of talked about you know the players we expect to get a run out but john is there what, what are we hoping for out of this game don't just say like a win please <laughs> more more feel-good uh factor like the crawley game i think we all enjoyed that in a in a weird way despite our continual slagging off of the title of the um of the trophy but yeah i think just more players getting a run out maybe super dan to get a bag a few but other than that yeah who cares <laughs> all right i mean i, I really enjoyed that crawley listening yeah, well, into that, that crawley game that's what i mean so don't don't say who cares come on i anyway. did say that a bit at the start and then just thought oh, yeah. Listen, yeah it's just easy listening isn't it that's right connor connor you're going to preview is it first firstly is it shrewsbury or shrewsbury uh it's shrewsbury for me okay because I will refer to them as the shrews in a moment. Okay. But I Good. wanted to add my two-piece on Exeter first. Um, I hope we keep the run going, the undefeated run. That is all I care about at the moment. Regardless of what competition it is, I want to see us keep the run going for as long as possible. So just a win would be lovely. Cool. Cool. So on to Shrewsbury. Um Next weekend, then, uh, ex-Oxford boy Sam Ricketts is bringing his side to Glenoble Road. Um, now, Shrewsbury have had a had a, a pretty decent run of results in, in recent weeks, and uh, they've secured four wins in their last six games in all competitions, and they've won 2-0 yesterday um, against League Two side Mansfield. Uh, in terms of their League One uh, form going in against us, they currently sit 12th. After 17 games, same same as we've played, and they sit five points behind us. I thought what was quite interesting and was uh, they also stand at 12th place in the current form table based on their last six games in the league as well. Whereas we are joint top alongside Wickham and Pompey, that obviously yeah. uh, we just mentioned. Uh, during Shrewsbury's last game in League One, they lost uh, 4-3 to Bristol Rovers, and. Abdu Agogo scored an 88th minute winner for uh, Bristol Rovers. Now, Agogo used to play for Shrew, uh, Shrewsbury. Yeah. Shrewsbury. And, <laughs> <laughs> see, even messed it up. And uh, yeah, he used to play for them. And, and I, I remember watching the highlights and he didn't celebrate. Um, and I kind of, I had a question for you lot actually based on this. If you played for a club and you, know, and you scored against them, would you celebrate, yes or no? Uh, doesn't it? It just depends on the situation. I knew, I knew it? someone would have to say that. Yeah, but it's true, isn't it? <laughs> like, it, if if I played for like Bristol Rovers and played two games for him and did crap or something and had no connection to the fans and then went somewhere else and played a hundred games, and then scored against them. You know what I mean? 
That's it's a weird. It's hard. I think I a go go. I think a go go with an 88th minute winner should have just gone nuts, to be honest. But you know, yeah. clearly the guy has a. He's got some morals, unlike me, clearly because I would have gone nuts. Did, um, didn't they used to have a player called Junior a go go? Yeah, there was, I, there was yeah, there was there was a player called Junior a go go. Yeah. scored against us all the time but he was, he was decent oh. as well he was a good player that's it um, going back to to Shrewsbury um, Shrewsbury fucking hell uh, <laughs> <laughs> in previous oh no the swear word come out sorry um, in previous weeks though they did pick up two really good wins over Sunderland and Peterborough um, which are well particularly wow. the Peterborough game anyway I mean saying beating Sunderland is, is a mean feat is really not a thing actually at the moment were they both in the league? They were, yeah. Both in the league, yeah. Mm, that's concerning, that, I guess. Yeah. Wow. However, uh, since since our first ever fixture against Shrewsbury, or competitive fixture, in 1965, um, we've had a pretty good record against them. Um, it's been relatively, relatively easen, uh, even, but in more recent years, though, we have won. We have kind of pit them over the line quite a few times. So the last two fixtures we've won... Um, we won 3-0 last October with Ruffles, White and Brown on the score sheet. And then we also knocked three past them again in a 3-2 victory in April this year. And yeah. I remember watching this one myself um, with Gavin White scoring his first professional career hat-trick while Cashy was sent off. I don't know if any of you guys remember that one. Absolutely. Yeah, that, it was a fantastic hat-trick as well. And a lot of it, it was. was just all all himself carrying the ball from like the halfway line. At least two of the goals were. So Yeah, it was good. Um, now, there, has, there hasn't actually been a goalless draw between the two sides since 1994. Mm, so expect goals or I've just jinxed it and it's going to end nil-nil. <laughs> so fingers that, crossed that won't happen. That would keep the run going. So uh, it would true, yeah, true, yeah. true. Uh, in terms of just a little bit about about them and some of their players, um, from what I've seen in in uh, again, I watch a lot of uh, the highlights and stuff of our league. So I mean, I've only, I can only go off that. And they do seem to play on the counter quite a lot because they do have quite a lot of pace up front. Um, Jason Cummings and, and Josh Laurent, who he's their top goal scorer, uh, four goals this season and two assists. Uh, although that's not anything to to write home about. Um, and at the back, they have uh, Ethan Ebanks-Landal, and he came through the, the youth system at Wolves, and he's been a key player this year, um, starting the majority of their games in the back line. But I think another interesting point is Shrewsbury and Oxford have conceded the same amount of goals this season, um, but well, it was with 19 goals. But unlike us, obviously, who we've, we've scored for fun this season, Shrewsbury have only scored 16 goals. So they haven't actually netted many um, so like going back to what we said earlier about whether it'll be a nil-nil obviously it hasn't been since 94 it'll be interesting to see how many goals will be notched in um, if any how many How many have we got we've got 37 or something yeah yeah, 30, 37 yeah yeah. so over double um, so, what they have yeah exactly so I think based on that then for predictions for me I'm going for a 3-1 win I'll say two nil. Basically, that top their if their top goal scorer has four goals, um, we've got three or four players that are beyond that. Two yeah. nil. Ben, uh, yeah, I was also thinking two nil. I think 
I think we'll keep it tight at the back and I think we'll, we'll probably see we'll have plenty of chances and we'll only put away a couple of them. So, yeah, 2-0. Awesome. John? I think I might go for a a 1-1. I'm just having a look at some of their defenders. They've got, they've got like Aaron Peer, Omar Beckles, um, Ethan Banks-Liddell, as you mentioned. He was at Sheffield United the season before last and was absolutely immense. Um, is he is he a rel- relation yeah. of E Banks Blake? Considering they both came through Wolves and they just have the second part of their surname <laughs> is different. It seems a bit weird. Maybe. Yeah, it's not anyway. a bad, not a bad. Clue. So I, I think they'll be tough to to break down. And as Connor's, yeah. Connor's well made point that they've not conceded as many similar levels that we have. So I think yeah, I think I'll go for a one-one. You had to okay. be all in, say a nice like informed answer, didn't you, John? I think it's just because I saw players that I actually recognised in their squad and thought, I can, I can do something with this. <laughs> I was like going, toenail. <laughs> <laughs> you can take it back if you want. <laughs> no, I need, I need, in hindsight, I should have done a little bit of research and then just sounded really, really up to speed on, on Shrewsbury. But it's too late now, isn't it? Oh, well. Right, are we good, Connor? Are we moving on? We're, we're done. We're done. Right, on this day, Benjamin. Yes, so on this day, the 1st of December, uh, we've played 13 fixtures on this date in our history. We've won four of them, drawn six and lost three. So I'm going to focus on two of those victories, uh, and they're both in seasons which have quite a lot of importance in our club's history. So first of all, take you all the way back to the 1st of December, 1962. A 2-1 victory at home to Workington in the old 4th Division with goals from Peter Knight and Tony Jones. Uh, now, at the time, we were managed by Arthur Turner, uh, who uh, was about three or four years into his reign at that point. He ended up managing us for 10 years and is our longest-serving manager to this day. A couple of players in that team, uh, Cyril Beaven, Morris Kyle, uh, and a young Ron Atkinson. Uh, and those three stand out as they're all in our top 10 all-time list of appearances for Oxford United. Um, the significance of that season, the 62-63 season, is that was our very first season in the Football League. Uh, as in the summer of 62, we were voted into the Old Force Division, replacing the original Accrington Stanley. Jumping forward. Who are they? Oh, well, exactly. Oh. What do you mean? Oh, it's a classic. <laughs> uh, jumping forward a couple of generations, we arrive at the 1st of December 2009. A 2-1 victory away at Crawley Town in the Football Conference. With goals that day from Adam Chapman and James Cunstable himself. Now, at the time, managed obviously by Chris Wilder. That was his first full season. Um, and he's doing terrifically well, as we all know, at Sheffield United. And actually, I did see today in the Sunday Telegraph, there's a good piece uh, about him and how the lower leagues have made him into the manager he is today. And there's quite a good focus on us. So if you've got a spare yeah. five minutes, have a look. I've read that. It's Jim White who's written that, yeah. who, um, who's from Oxford. So he always has a vented interest in Oxford United. So. We need more of those journalists in all the papers. Get us in uh, every week. Uh, yeah. The team that day, Ryan Clark, back four, Chapman, Ross Perry, Mark Crichton and Kevin Samwith. And then Danny Bullman, Adam Murray, Simon Clist and Jamie Cook uh, with uh, Jack Midson and Franny Green up front. Uh, the subs that day, Alfie Potter, James Constable, and Onom Soji all came on. 
It was quite a... Our gnome, Sarge. Quite an eclectic oh, mix of players. Takes me back. Uh, and I remember going to Salisbury away where our gnome, Sodge. I think he that's where he scored his only goal, but it was a pissing, horrible night, winter game. And I did still enjoy going to those grounds, but that's that name always brings me back to how I felt on that day. I think we yeah, won all again. I went to that same game. I think we talked did about you? it before. It was the time I nearly drove my car into a river because of the Saturday. Yeah, yeah. I've never <laughs> exactly that. <laughs> I, I, I spoke to like six people that went to that Salisbury game, and every single person the sat nav took them down some lane and towards a, a river. Yeah, and if you if you kept going, you were in the river. It was amazing. Yeah. Just a murderous sat nav route. Yeah, it's a bit of dodge that dodgy place, Salisbury. Yeah, clearly. Yeah. Well, the uh, the significance of that season, obviously nine oh nine ten, uh, we escaped the conference, beating York City three one in the playoff final. Uh, and I think I assume we were all at that game. Of course, yeah. Good stuff, and that is uh, that is what happened on this day. Right, last pick, John. Are we on? Is this the last one? This is this is the confirmation of the lineup. Oh. So ten weeks we've been talking about this, and I think it's been <laughs> safe to say it's mentally scarred us all, remembering some of the names <laughs> that we've we've seen and, and endured. I mean, it's all tongue in cheek, of course. All these players were professional footballers; none of us have been. So if anyone was offended, well, too late now. Um, <laughs> Tough, but we had over. 1,100 votes over this. So I think a big shout out to everyone who chipped in and, and contributed. But to to finish off the 11, so the two strikers that have found their way into the 11 are, of course, Steve Anthrobus, trundled his way into the uh, into the 11, and uh, Aegon Mimetti. Mimetti. Yeah. Um, it's got the final place with uh, Marvin Robinson and Julian Allsop as close runners-up. So the final 11, and we'll, we'll put a little... One of those uh, formation images up is, uh, is Mike Salmon, Tom Newey, uh, Leo Roger, Ben Futcher, Dwight T. and Darley, Courtney Pitt, Peter Fear, Zemi, uh, Buckley Ricketts, and of course, Anthrobus and Mimetti. Let you imagine yeah. the surprise where you knew that uh, Buckley Ricketts and T. and Darley were the standout top to the top to their polls with 80% and 75% respectively. I'm, I'm picturing um, Tian Dali in the gym in his full kit, really <laughs> dev- devastated about the news. <laughs> yeah, he'll, he'll just read it and then go, oh, it's all right, I'm Leroy Fur today, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> I, I do, the only thing, I do think the Mimetti, I expected him to win because of how recent and how relevant it seems. Um, but he can't have played that many minutes. Me and Ben, we, 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 he scored at Peterborough away when we won 4-1 that day. But he can't have started more than like one or two games, I don't think. No, so I think he, I no, Marvin, he came off the bench most times, I think, from memory. Yeah. And Marvin Robinson, uh, maybe, John, it was you that mentioned it, but his record was just horrendous. Like 40 games and like two goals or something. I don't remember what it was. He's Something one of these like players where you're like, what is your outstanding attribute? He touch was awful, couldn't really header it. <laughs> just didn't have no had no no mobility. It was just dreadful. So yeah, I think that's a sign of the the proximity to when the player was in the team. But um but it's all all part of the discussion. I um I picked out a few honourable mentions for the players that finished in runner up for the for the bench. And I don't know how I've come up with six players, which is Probably more more than you can get on the subs bench, but anyway. Uh, but Tony Capaldi, Phil Whelan, David Hunt, Eddie Hutchinson, 
Van Kessel and Allsop were all worthy of a mention. Um, but I suppose to wrap it up, is there any any players that are burning away at anyone that didn't make it? James, you can't say you can't say Kevin Francis. <laughs> I didn't get any abuse for that, which I was I was surprised about. But no, I, I'm I'm happy. I'm happy with all the names that were on the table. I had nothing else to offer. I think it's a sign of again some of the, the times of of people being less aware. Of. I mean, I'm surprised more of the uh, 2001 or the relegation team. I think it was 2000 or 2001. More of them didn't get in, like the McGuckins and the Jarmans. But yeah, I think we'll we'll have a think about maybe another sort of similar sort of feature to do. But um, yeah, that wraps up the last pick in PE 11. Yeah. Before we move on, if anyone has any ideas on other sections that we could be doing because we were talking about doing oh should we do a best 11 but then we realized how dangerous that would be and how we'd piss off the whole oxford united fan base so we thought maybe we won't <laughs> do that if anyone, if anyone has any ideas maybe we'll like harden up 11 with mark creighton starting it at the back or something like that who knows yeah or best haircut 11 yeah yes. chris hargreaves see hargreaves i think i th- i think just to close this off could you imagine the fear that this starting eleven would strike into the hearts of Oxford fans if this was the team that started against Shrewsbury next Saturday. The Peter fear. <laughs> hey. Oh. oh God. Yeah. I think sorry. we should move I think we should just move on from that now. Okay. <sighs> right, it's quiz time. Welcome <laughs> to the quiz. <laughs> I need to now find the quiz because I don't know where I put it. <laughs> At least and, you got uh, some good music. This is music from uh, GoldenEye on the N64, just in case you were wondering. Anyway, this this is called uh, Remember That Lineup. And uh, is this music too loud? Yeah, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Let's turn it down. Um, anyway. This is called Remember That Lineup. So basically, there's going to be a semi-final and a final round to this. Uh, you're going to rotate naming a player who was in the squad for a specific game. And if you get it wrong, then you're out. I'll accept Ooh. subs. I'll accept subs, even if they didn't play in the game. Uh, so the first round will be all three of you. And the final round will just be the two that's left. And if any of you go out on the same go, then I'm going to have to improvise with um, some kind of tie-break style question. And if I so much sniff as much as a Google search, then you're in big, big trouble, chap. <laughs> um, ben, I'm conscious. You, I think your sound is breaking up. Can you say hello? Hello. hello. Oh. Oh. <laughs> I, I'm just gonna hope that, like, when I actually get the file, it, it sounds fine. But this is gonna be interesting. You sound like a Dalek's just been um, <laughs> smashed in the face with a spade. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um, anyway. Where's the tense, tense Chris Tarrant music? Here we go. <laughs> right. Uh, the match, guys, is Oxford United versus York City. Oh, Wembley. Christ. The 3 oh. 1. Uh, ben, let's try with you starting. This might be a no goer, but let's <laughs> try it with you first. No, my mind bug. I think he said Ryan Clark. <laughs> he did. He did. He did. Okay, Connor. Uh, Matt Green. Correct. John. James Constable. Correct. Ben. Jake Jake Wright. Wright. I think the Dalek said Jake Wright. (laughs) Connor. (laughs) Adam Chapman. 
correct man of the match that day? It was. John. Alfie Potter. Alfie Potter. Ben. Simon Clist. Simon Clist, correct. Jack Midson. Jack Midson. Correct. John. Um, Mark Crichton. We had that. That's correct. We haven't had that. I wish I was ticking this off now. <laughs> ben. Adam, Adam Murray. Murray. What did you say, Adam Murray? <laughs> yeah, yeah. That is incorrect. Hang on. Where's this music? Oh. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> let's let's keep. So Ben's out of the final, but let's keep it going for the for the sake of it. That's I thought you've done me a favour there, Ben. To be honest, to be honest. <laughs> Thanks, bud. Uh, right, Connor. Uh, Damien Bat. Correct. John. Oh, um, we had Simon Clist. We have already had Simon Clist. Um. Was Billy Turley on the bench? He was on the bench. You can have oh, that. Fuck you now. Connor. Uh, <laughs> Danny Borman? That is correct. Oh, get in. Oh, I can't so even... How many's left? Uh, you know, there's a few. You've only named one player that was on the bench, and there's... you. There's only one player in the starting 11 that you haven't said, I think. Oh, who was, um... I was, did, um... Somebody Day. Reese Day? Reese Day, yes. He came on as a sub. He, oh. he was the one that headed the corner out that led to... Yeah, Jack mentioned it on a pod a couple of, a couple of yeah. times ago. I, I, I've just realised who someone we've completely missed, and I can't believe we missed him, really. Sam Deering, because he was the one that squared at the Potter. Absolutely, that's right, yeah. On the bench, yeah. came, off, came off on... Came onto the pitch in 79 minutes. Oh, John. I can't. We've said like Jake Wright, haven't we? Yeah. There's only one. There's only one position that we haven't said in the starting eleven. Like I said. I can't. I can't think of anyone. Uh, you, do you concede? You're gonna have to, I think. Hang on, that's the wrong noise, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> All these bloody jingles. Uh, Who was left? So Anthony Tonkin, no one said left back. Oh, left back. And then, yeah. and then we had Kevin Samwit for another left back on the bench. And uh, I think that was it. You guys did very well in that. Yeah, I was going to say we did well. There's a lot of pressure. Um, so the next game, the final. Hang on, come back, noise. There we go. Right. This game is uh, Football League 2, the 7th of May 2016, Oxford United v Wickham Wanderers. We won 3-0 and got promoted. Oh, is this the home? It's the home game, wasn't it? That's right. John, you can start this time. I was there. Uh, Callum O'Dowder. Callum O'Dowder came off the bench to score. Very nice. Uh, I'm going with Callum O'Dowder. You said Callum O'Dowder, didn't you? Why yeah. did I say that? Well, um, <laughs> ow, ow. That is <laughs> controversial. Shay, 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 I don't know why that came into my head. You, you just said it. Uh, Shay, 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 Shay Dunkley. Correct. 
scored the goal. I feel I feel like I'm doing the FA Cup draw. You know what? when they what? say the draw and then I have to do a little commentary on it. Why, why did I say Callum O'Dowd? That's so weird. I think that's just uh, that should be a, a chalk to win already. Um, who, who did <laughs> you send that way, wasn't it? Uh, Jake Wright. I like, oh, I'd love it Jake. if you just said the same person. Yeah. <laughs> that's why Jake, I asked. Jake Wright, correct. Go, Connor. Josh Ruffles. Josh Ruffles, correct. Go, Lund John. Lundstrom. Lundstrom, correct. Uh, Benji Bouchal? Correct, but I'm, <laughs> oh! I'm questioning why you would have gone there that early, but fair I'd enough. Gone, I'd have probably gone Ryan Clark, I'm guessing. Um, well, you could have said Slocum, couldn't you? How did you know it was that? Uh, Kemar Ruth. Correct. It's Kemar. Kemar. Uh, <laughs> McDonald. Madonna? McDonald. <laughs> McDonald. <laughs> Not Madonna. Uh, Chrissy Maguire. Chrissy Maguire, correct. Scored a goal from the penalty spot. Um, uh, Danny Hilton. Have we said that? You ha we haven't said that, but that is correct. John. I'm struggling, so I'm going to go through the team mentally right back must have been John Joe Kenny correct oh fucking great shout I would never have got that one uh, oh we must be on we must be into the substitutes or something now surely um, I think there's one one central midfielder that we haven't said central midfielder centre mid centre mid um, then I think you've completed the team um, Liam Serkum? Correct. Oh, fuck John. me. We're onto the bench now, then, John. I'm really struggling. Um, oh, I've no pressure on you, mate. I, I can picture, I can picture a celebration picture. You know the, uh, you know when they're in front of the board. <laughs> I can picture someone at the front yeah, of yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can picture with, someone. With in there. Yeah. Oh, take it away. Take it away head. then. Take it away then, Connor. I can't. I can't. Think hang on, hang on, Connor. Wait one sec. One sec. Uh, one sec. This is important. It's Johnny Mullins. Oh. For... Yes. <laughs> I can just well picture him there. I can picture him. I realised I ruined it er earlier by shouting Sam Slocum. Oh. <laughs> when that would have been fine. Oh, was he on uh, the bench? Just that. Yeah, he was on the was bench. He? George Ware George Waring came on in that game. George Never Waring. did he? <laughs> he did, yeah. Well, from Stoke. Josh on low, money. Uh so you, yeah, Josh, you were at Josh that game, Yeah, yeah, I was there, yeah. Oh well then. Yeah, I've got a I've got a I've got a a, a really, really good video of me running across the because my dad and I sat in different stands and uh because he got to the game later than me, and I have a really good video on my phone. I've still got it now of me running the entire length of the pitch at the end of the game and just jumping on top of him. Like it was, it was because obviously you know promotion bedlam and all that. It was, <laughs> it was brilliant. Um, who else was it? Josh Ashby, Jordan Barry came on as well, and then the picture I thought you meant, um, Connor, was there's the kind of the photo of Appleton where he's kind of running off the oh, bench with, on, with Ruth. towards the pitch. No, he's got his roof's there, but James Roberts is also there to the oh, right. no, to the left of him, I think. No, I was thinking the picture. You know, when they're celebrating in front of the board. And uh, oh, Alex yeah, McDonald yeah, yeah. shaking the the bottle. Johnny Mullins is right at the front. That's what I remembered it from. 
<sighs> well, that was fun. That was good. I enjoyed that. Mm. Yeah. Anyway, um, well done, Connor. Well, where's that? Is that your first quiz win? Or have Se- you had a few? Second, I think. Second. Third. Sorry, sorry. Come on, give me a little bit of credit. It's been a while. But again, anyway. they, these were these were two games that I was very much in attendance of. So at least at least they were ones I could actually do something to. Yeah. Good stuff. Right, we are well over an hour as usual. We can't can't do anything about Nothing that. Changes. No, Old habits um, die hard. <laughs> thanks everyone for listening. Or just a bit big shout out. We we use um, SoundCloud to host the pod, um, and it tells we get lots of stats about who listens to it. So we have listeners from Indonesia. So big shout out to the Indonesian Yellows. Uh, Tom, my mate Tom, who's in the Cayman Islands, he's there as well. Uh, Madagascar. If you are the Madagascan Yellow, can you please get in get in touch? Um, that would be great. Um, another one, Georgia. That stands out. Colombia. Another one. I'm I'm thinking some of these aren't really hot. Like who goes to Georgia on holiday? No, I reckon someone's moved over there, and then they're uh, listening to the pod, and that's just their life now. So, good stuff. <laughs> anyway, thanks for listening. What are we doing next week? We'll be uh, reviewing obviously the Shrewsbury game. Um, we will be previewing something. Can one of you guys have a look? Milton so Keynes. Milton Keynes. Oh, we might be going to that. Yeah. Exciting times. We'll have to find the flag. I think um, Adam's got the flag, so we'll have to get the flag off him if he's not yeah, coming okay. down. And then it's the big the big one after that. Wickham, right? Oh, Man City. Uh, Manchester City. <laughs> well, I'd still say Wickham's bigger, <laughs> yeah, to be fair. Yeah. So, well, I'll be, I'll be attending both of those games, so I'll be able to give you a proper good rundown of it. Good so stuff. that'll be good. Right. As always, thanks for listening, everyone, and we'll catch you next week. Mm-hmm.